Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, (laughs) he is the voice of Boston baseball, our friend Lou Merloni. Lewis, how are you? I am good. How about that? Look at that. Harbor One Hotline. What's up, <laughs> Hello, Lou. Hey, uh, Lou. It's like as, as, as much as they try to, you try to get out, they bring you back in, Lou. They, they bring, bring you back in. Back in. And you disrupted me, too, because I have a nice little day going on. I know. Drinking gin. Flooring. <laughs> yeah, I got some flooring, some wallpaper, stuff like that. And, you know. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond later on. I don't know if I have enough time. Let's see. <laughs> Go to the clearance sale, find out what's left, 80% uh, off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lou's he's, helicopter yeah, just yeah, went. It just took off as living. well. <laughs> no, motorcycle. Uh, all right, man. So Raphael Devers gets an 11-year contract. It's well yep. over $300 million. Your just yep. initial thoughts on that alone that the Red Sox blinked. Well, my initial reaction was, thank God. You know, I think like a lot of people are wondering like, what the direction is. Like, are they not going to be doing this? Are they not going to be involved in, you know, elite talent? Because that's where the game is right now, right? You need stars, and these stars are being paid for 10 years, 11 years. So um, it was nice to see that. I know a lot of people talking about, well, it doesn't save the offseason. They still have a lot of questions on this club. I think what this does is makes you feel better about the next five or six years. You know, if they're building something, it's hard to envision building anything in the next few years without Rafi Devers. So, Lou, the, the thing that's interesting to me is like, okay, now suddenly with all this money, with all these years attached to Rafael Devers, he's the face of the franchise, and yeah. I would think uh, the, the de facto leader. So do you think he's capable of being the face and the leader of this team? I don't think he's ready for that right now. You know, I think you're still searching for leadership. I mean – that was one thing about Bogey. I mean, you, you could make an argument. You can have a debate. You, you can replace Bogarts, the player. Um, I don't think you can debate losing Bogarts, the person, you know, and the leader on that team. So I think that's where it takes a little bit of a hit. I think he's still a little bit young for that. I and mean, let's face it, you know, he's still kind of understanding the English language, being able to communicate with the media. Um, I think there's a leadership quality of him in that locker room, but I still think he's a little bit young for that. Uh, Lou, the, does the price point bother you at all? Does the years bother you at all? Is, is there any worry there about the back end of this contract, considering we lived through the Red Sox, I think kind of swallowing hard and having to send, you know, yeah. two or three years worth of checks to Dustin Pedroia for the end of that contract? Well, I think cleaning up that report as is really like a 10-year extension on top of this year. It takes until his age 36 season. I think that makes you feel a lot better. You know, and, and I honestly do believe that, if he got to free agency, there was not a, you know, till 36. He was looking till 40 like everybody else. There was a 13, 14-year deal waiting for him. So this is, you know, you get into your 36 years old, 
Obviously, he's probably transitioned to DH at some point. This is the price of doing business. I mean, financially, you can look at it and say, does any of these long-term deals make sense financially? No, they don't. Someone's going to pay the price six, seven, eight years from now. I mean, we'll be looking around the league at the last couple years of signings and just sort of wonder where some of these teams are with these players. But it's the price of business. You want to win? You want to have good players? Like, this is what you do. And I think now it's eye-opening because I think a lot of teams are going to be doing what the Atlanta Braves did, right, trying to tie these guys up early. And as we move forward, there's going to be less and less free agents because they're all tied up to the ages of 36, 39 years old. So, Lou, do you uh, – we were talking about this earlier, the whole, like, uh, winter classic, John Henry shows up and people are booing him and, you know, telling him to pay Rafi Davis. Do you think yeah. that forced him to, to get this deal done sooner than he anticipated? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting thought, you know, that, you know, he came out of his cave a little bit, wherever <laughs> he's been hanging out on his yacht or wherever it might be, and kind of was thrown into reality of like a fan base and kind of now you, you know, you can, it's one thing to hear that the fans aren't happy with that, you know, with the way the organization's going. But when you see it in person and people yelling at you, maybe it's a little more realistic, but I find it hard to believe anybody sits there and says, you know what? I got booed today. Let me go give out $330 million. I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's been in the works for a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, Lou, I wonder if it, if it was maybe sort of pushing it over the finish line. Whereas if you look at the way the Red Sox went after Bogarts, there yep. was, we're only going to do so many years. We're only going to do so much money. And if, if it was kind of the same thought process for Rafi Devers, I wonder if anything else, the booing to the owner meant the couple more years to be able to get this thing over the finish line. Yeah, you know, it might have. I just think I think his age really played a factor into this thing. I think that people in baseball look around and say, I have, I have no interest in paying anybody until they're 39, 40, 41 years old, like we've seen here recently. But the fact that he's 36, the fact that he's a bat, you know, the fact that you, know, you look at a guy like David Ortiz and in the last three or four years, at age 33, 34, 35, he can still be a productive hitter. I think age played a huge role in the Red Sox kind of feeling comfortable giving him out, you know, paying him out for the next 11. So we're talking to, to Lou Merloni. Like, it feels weird. Hey, yeah. we're, talking, we're talking to Lou Merloni. I know. Uh, <laughs> I miss the ass pads yeah. in the hallway. I, I, I know. Do. So it was So, Lou, so you mentioned, like, these other deals. Um, yeah. Like, you know, playing, like, you know, some of these guys, like Xander, you know, into you know, 41 and, you know, Trey Turner into his – all these guys into their 40s or near 40. I know. So yeah. is this the best deal of the offseason? Did the Hyam Bloom just pull off the best deal of the offseason? Uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it. You know, I think that you could argue that, you know, the fact that he didn't have to pay 13 or 14 years, but I think there were, the thing is, this is the difference, and this is the difference of an extension and free agency, right? Like this whole idea of trying to offer Rafi what they offered him last year or trying to offer, you know, try to convince yourself that it was a fair deal to, to uh, Xander Bogarts, the 490, and, and try to say, well, it's just an extension. They're different than free agencies. No, no, no. This is an extension. Instead of paying 13 years or 14 years, you get him at 11. You know what I mean? This is, it, it shouldn't be that drastic. So it's just, this is close. This is a good deal. I, you know, I, I like this, especially with the kind of almost like a 10-year extension on top of the 17 and a half this year. Lou Maloney with us. Of course, the uh, voice of Boston baseball with us here on uh, Gresham Fourier. Um, but Devers as the leader, Lou, yeah. obviously there's no more David Ortiz. Ortiz will be happy that Devers is here, but that sure. doesn't mean he can exactly replace the presence that either Big Poppy or Xander Bogarts had. 
Do you think there will be, like, how does that work in the baseball world? A lot of people on the outside just say, well, your highest paid guy's got to be the leader. But I don't know if that fits here. So how do you see leadership evolving with the Red Sox as they get closer to spring training? I think a lot of these these veteran players that they've brought in, a guy like Turner, I think is a guy, given his experience, that steps right in and becomes a leader on this team. I think Kike Hernandez becomes a leader. I think guys like Christian Arroyo can be leaders. You know, uh, hopefully he's active for most of the season. But, you know, a guy like Trevor Story, I think there's, there are a lot of veteran guys that have been around this league that have won that can be leaders. There are some guys in that staff. Now, a lot of them are, are you know, high-risk injuries, but guys like Kluber and Sale, I mean, these guys have been around a little bit. So that is going to be adjustment. Leadership comes from your head coach as well, the manager, and that's where Alex Gore steps in. So that, that'll be interesting to see the way, way the whole – really, tell me who's healthy. I mean, that, that's my biggest concern of this team, like the health up and down this roster. But if a guy is healthy out there performing, he kind of, with that you know, veteran leadership behind him, I think that helps. So, Lou, you talk, we talk about the leadership aspect, but with the money also comes expect, expectations as far as production. Yep. Okay, so can you handle that? Because now, hey, listen, no excuses. We're paying you a lot of money. you got to perform every year. Yeah, I think he can. And I think the one thing that I really liked about it was like last year, um, playing through injury in the second half. The numbers weren't good for Devers you know, in the second half. He wasn't himself. It was a monster first half. But the fact that he just posted, the fact that he just played, you know what I mean? I, I like, because you, you give a guy this kind of money. Games played, there comes a point in your career where games played is the most important stat in baseball. Because if you're a guy like Rafi Devers and you play 150, 155 games, or Xander Bogus like he does, the number's usually there, right? And I like the fact that he kind of played through that hamstring last year. So, I think he can handle the expectations. I still don't think we've seen the best of Rafi Devers. I think that we're still going to see that in the next two or three or four years. Lou, can a starting pitcher be the leader of a baseball team? It's hard. You know, it's hard because, uh, you know, I think the pitchers kind of do their own thing. It's not like a completely separated group, but um, I think a leader, you know, pitchers can be leaders on the bench, things like that, but I think it's hard. I think you got leaders for your pitching staff. you got leaders for your position players. So, Lou, the other question is um, – no, they were a last place team before this move. Where are yeah. they at now? You know, I, I still I would put them still ahead of Baltimore. I know everybody loves Baltimore, um, but you know, oh, they're going to go crazy in free agency. They haven't done anything. They've done nothing. nothing. Nada. So it's like, oh, they're going to blow up. They haven't done anything. Okay, and their bullpen was outstanding last year. Sometimes those are unpredictable. We'll see if it's as good as it was last year. So I still have them there. They still have a lot of. They still have holes. I mean, there's. There's no question about it. Like, Devers was important because he and Verdugo right now represent the only position players you have that you feel comfortable that can play 145 games. Okay, and when you look at the staff, Nick Pavetta is probably the only starter you have that you feel comfortable that can give you 160 innings. I mean, that's the reality of it. I'd like to see a more constant arm come in this organization through trade and even another outfielder or shortstop, uh, whichever it may be. But they still got to fill some balls. So that was my next question to this: is so is Hyam Bloom? Is he is he uh, is he having like a sigh of relief, or is he like walking around be like mission accomplished? High five, everybody! <laughs> like what is no. what is like what's Hyam Bloom doing, Lou? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, no, what, what, huge, huge sigh of relief, I think, because <laughs> whatever, whatever it is in his mind that he is planning for the next two or three years, or whatever it might be for the, the vision of this organization, I don't know how that plan comes together without having a guy like Devers in your lineup. Like, I, I don't know where that bat comes from. You know, now you can sit there and say, okay, Cassis can kind of step up. 
you know, now all of a sudden you got a couple of lefties. Find me a righty in the middle of those two guys. But I don't think he's done. I think he needs to pull off a trade. Some of those rumors are intriguing to me with guys down in Miami. There's some, a lot of starting pitchers down there that I like a lot. They have a shortstop in Rojas that I like a lot. I would like for them to get a shortstop and another starting pitcher. And I like to put Story back at second, a Royals utility guy, keep him kind of healthy if you can, and kind of go from there. But he has an opportunity in like one trade you know, or two to kind of change the feeling a little bit. Will it evolve to a championship roster? I find that hard to believe. But it'll be one that can compete for that final wild card spot. Lou, can uh, do you think Heimblum can do business with Florida without including Tristan Casas? Because the one thing that caught me with that was, it's like, wait a minute, they've been waiting for this guy to come up, and now they would punt on him to get something else. Yeah, it's interesting. I think they're really counting on Casas, you know, to kind of be that like four or five hole hitter mm-hmm. in the future mainstay. So um, to give up on him, it would have to be an arm that they absolutely love, and you know, so. The way I look at it is if you had, like, Bayo becomes exactly what you think he is and Cassius becomes exactly who you think he is, who's more valuable? So if I can – I think it's Bayo. I think it's a starting pitcher. So if I can find a starting pitcher that I can put next to Bayo for the next six years for a guy like Cassius, and, and that's the only thing I would possibly think of, and maybe even clean up another hole. Um, so I, I think he's pretty close to untouchable, but, you know – I'm not so sure anybody really is when it comes down to it, depending on what you can get back. So, Lou, the last one for me is because before this, we've spent so many off-seasons, sorry, like spring trainings and, you know, seasons yeah. talking about John Lester, Mookie Betts, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Xander Bogart, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, and that was going to be the narrative at the start of spring training if this deal doesn't get done. Now that this deal is done, now what is the opening day narrative in spring training regarding the Red Sox? Well, yeah, we've heard this before from this club, and they're going to use the hell out of it. Nobody thinks we're any good. You know what I mean? That That's just the bottom line. You know, they, they, you got starting pitchers. That, there, there's a lot of upside with this staff as far as, like, Sale and Kluber and Paxton, but I think the risk outweighs the upside. You know, I think there's just too much risk for me to even kind of buy into that. That's why I think they need another arm. So, But it's going to be, you know, we've got Rafi here for the next whatever amount of years. We brought in some veterans that know how to win. Nobody thinks we're going to be competitive. Everybody picks us to finish fifth. And that's, that's going to be the talk, I think, a lot. And depending on what else Heim does the rest of the way, it's going to be like, see, I told you we'd take care of this, or we take care of that. Everybody calm down and let this thing play out. But we'll see. He's got more moves to make. I know I never got a chance to sort of ask you about this, but Kenley Jansen, like, I yeah. know for me, I believe in a closer. You need one, it sets your bullpen. A, do yep. you subscribe to that theory? And maybe more importantly, Lou, B, does Alex Cora subscribe to that theory? And his life got made a hell of a lot easier by having Jansen on the back end of that pen. Yeah, I think everybody subscribes to that theory. The only people that don't are the ones that don't have a closer and try to talk themselves into it. There you go. Like, that's the way I look at it. So Jansen, to me, is, is a guy, a veteran that knows how to close. I mean, I don't think he's going to be lights out. He will blow some games. The stuff maybe isn't what it was once, you know, once uh, a while back, but he has the mentality and the confidence that you want someone to take the ball in the ninth inning. The big interesting thing for me is, because I don't think it's been announced yet, the World Baseball Classic is like early mid-March, and he played for the Netherlands with Bogey a few years back, five years ago. I don't think they would want him any part of that. I think they want him in camp. I think they want him on a pitch clock. I think they want to try to get him comfortable throwing the ball every 18 seconds, because this guy's the slowest pitcher in baseball. And it is going to be an adjustment for him. So the quicker he can get to camp and avoid the World Baseball Classic, I think the better for the Red Sox. 
Great stuff from our friend Lou Merloni, the voice of Boston baseball. Lou, thank you, man. We appreciate the breakdown. That was a ton of fun, brother. Hey, anytime, boys. I miss you guys. You'll be good now. I'm going to go back down and maybe take a nap in the afternoon. I was going to say, get, get that wallpaper to get up before uh, your wife gets home. So, yeah, all right, thanks. Get thanks, on buddy. it, brother. Hey, thanks, you Lou. We, we appreciate you. There goes our buddy uh, Lou Maloney with us on the Harbor One Hotline. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.